All righty. Welcome in. It's great to have you with us. Mike Guido here with you. Matt Catarizzolo, as always, on a Monday here on Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. Uh, it is great to have you with us. The NFL Draft concluded on Saturday. We'll be doing a lot of stuff with that today. We'll be giving away uh, draft grades. We'll be going through how your team did in the NFL Draft. We have all seven rounds complete. We've got UDFA signed. Um, so pretty much everything surrounding the draft is finished, and we're going to go over that today. So uh, it is great to have you with us. Before we get started, uh, let me remind you that Guido's Gridiron Blitz is sponsored by American Betting Experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. What we've done is we've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry football followers and podcast listeners. So here's what you do. You go to our website, LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. You pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state, such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, all of those. $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match or a risk-free bet. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page and get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. That is American betting experts. Um, so here we go. A uh, lot of stuff to go over today. Uh, as far as the draft is concerned, I'm kind of going through that like post-draft depression because I know we're not going to get it again until next year. And I, I, again, I don't know why I get so excited about it every year. I think it's just the the massive influx of new players and everything like that. But I mean, my goodness, <laughs> I'm, I'm like the last like day or two, I've been kind of like, okay, well, it's over. It's over now. Do you get that, Matt? Do you ever get like that? Like, you know, that feeling you get like after Christmas is over. You're just like, okay, I got 364 more days before I can do this again. Do you ever get that? Yeah, definitely. And it's not just about <clears throat> it's not just about the draft. I mean, the NFL offseason is really long. I mean, you got the Super Bowl in February, and then we don't even see any real gameplay action until like mid to late August, and that's preseason, and then we don't see anything meaningful until like September. So I know. You're, talking, you're talking like a six, seven month offseason, and the draft is really the only thing, you know, with any sort of impact that we get to look forward to. We get it for three days in April, and then boom, we're right back to waiting and suffering and something that just feels endless until right. until opening day so it's, it's the drama it's that's all it is it's, it's the drama you know you ever see the movie draft day you've seen draft day right you've told me to watch that movie countless times and i, I have told you to watch not, that movie. i have not Kevin costner and uh, jennifer garner that that movie is the best dennis leary that movie's the best i love that movie chadwick boseman is in it it's on my it's on my list. I'll Aaron let you know. Foster, Terry Crews. It's got a good cast. Nice. It definitely yes. it you know, I watch it every year before the draft and it just adds to the drama. Um I want all my I want all my ones back and I want David goddamn Putney because I feel like it. Like it's just the best it, it, that end scene right there is the best scene in movie history. It's just the best. That's your um, that's your thing. That's your draft tradition. You watch that every year? I watch it every year with my dad. I do. Um Okay, so uh, let's get started. So the, the draft is over. We touched on the first round um, on Friday. So we kind of have our feelings about um, where teams went in the first round. Um, but 
we're going to try and touch on the totality of the draft because, like, again, you you talk to anybody within the NFL, good drafts and honestly just good football teams are made in the second and third day, right? Second and third, all the way to the seventh round. It's how you do in these rounds that make your that round out your football team and really try to put it all together. Um, so in your mind, let me just ask you straight up, okay? Who do you think had the – out of everybody, in your mind, who had the best draft out of anybody in the NFL? I'll give you <clears throat> I'll give you my top three because it's tough because I think a lot of teams had really good drafts. This was this was a great year because I think a lot of teams, a lot more teams had really good drafts than teams had bad drafts. Yes. I think there was really only a couple, maybe two or three that just had just not good bad. drafts. And yeah. it's really because of those and those teams in particular, like I, I think Seattle, uh, the Rams, the Texans, those are teams that didn't have first or second round picks. Right. So. It, that's those are things you have to consider, but there were a lot of teams I think that had really well-rounded drafts, especially ones that drafted well beyond the first round. So teams like Cleveland, I thought Cleveland had a home run draft. They right? did. So new, so Newsom at uh, twenty-six. They got JOK uh, in the second round was unbelievable. JOK, you and I, I think both were saying that if JOK were to fall to them in the first round, they would be ecstatic. And they took Newsom in the first round and still was able to get JOK in the second round. So that's why I thought that was phenomenal. So I thought they had a really, really great draft. Miami, I thought, had an awesome draft. They got Waddle and Phillips in the first round. Addresses two big holes. They get Eichenberg in the second round, which I thought was really, really good. Really good. And this is a completely unbiased choice, man. I, I think the Giants had a fantastic draft. They did. Not, o- not only because of the people that they actually selected was because of the capital they accumulated for next year and the years beyond. So yeah. they trade back in the first round with Chicago, right? They get an extra first and an extra third for next year, right? And they still get a, a dynamic playmaker in Tony, right? They trade back again in the second round and they still land Aziz Ojolari. So not only did they make great moves and they accepted incredible offers, for these trade backs, they still got really great playmakers. That's the thing with trades a lot in the draft is that teams usually when they accept trades have to accept or settle for players that might not have been on their board uh, when they were originally selected prior to the trade. But Ojolari was a name that was connected to the Giants at 11. Like they, he was in play for them in the first round, right? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. so imagine, imagine going back into the second round having him fall and then trading back and still having that guy. Right. So that was it. That was incredible. Right. Yes. So uh, I think, yeah, Miami had a great draft. Cleveland had a great draft. I think the giants had a great draft. Those are my top three. There are others. Uh, I think Detroit had a fantastic draft. Detroit very well. Yeah. Having Sewell, uh, having Sewell fall, fall right into their lap at seven. Levi Onzerike in the second taking, round. Yeah, taking St. Brown in, what was it, the fourth or the third? Um, um, Amonra St. Brown went four, uh, went in the fourth round, and they yeah. got, again, and in the third round, taking Alim McNeil and Ifatu Melifonwu. I, I mean, that's like, these are good players, man. Yeah. Like they, so they, they had they a miss at all. They had a dynamite draft. Carolina, I thought, had a really nice draft also. Yes, they did. Yeah, and you know what? It feels like every single year the number keeps going up for teams that are kind of learning how. Okay, teams are learning how to draft. Yeah, they're, they're, because I think more attention has been is on it now than it's ever been, mm-hmm. and a lot of teams are taking it way more seriously. Um, 
but I agree with you. I I, the, I think the Giants had a dynamite draft. And again, the, the Giants' first three rounds of the draft, I think, are almost as good as anybody's in the whole draft. By getting when they got Kadarius Tony, Aziz Ojalari, and Aaron Robinson, I was like, okay, the Giants are for real. They're really drafting now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought they did incredibly well. Um, I think the Bears are very happy with what they got, right? I understand that they gave up the first rounder next year, but you get Justin Fields, so you finally have an answer at quarterback. And then you go in the second round, you get Tevin Jenkins, who I had going in the middle of the first round. Like, like he's going to be your future at one of your tackle spots. He he was my third he was my third tackle I think I had mocked after Sewell and Slater it was between right. him and, I think it was between him and Darisaw so after Darisaw went and then I saw Jenkins fall out of the first round I went holy cow he's going to be a steal for somebody on day two and he was and and honestly for the Bears for me like their last three picks the last three and I, maybe they don't matter uh, as much. But at the end of the sixth round, they got Daz Newsom and they got Thomas Graham Jr., right? Daz Newsom's the wide receiver out of North Carolina. Thomas Graham is the defensive back out of Oregon. And I'm like, these are two really good athletes that that are going to play in the NFL. Like, they're going to yeah. find a role in the NFL somewhere. And then they got Takiris Tonga in the seventh round, and I had him penciled in at, like, the fourth. I'm like, okay, here we go. The Bears are finally – Ryan Pace took the draft seriously. There was a sense of urgency there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the Falcons had a great draft rounds one through three, Kyle pitch, Richie Grant and Jalen Mayfield. They add to the, uh, add to the group there. I thought they did very well. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you on Carolina. I also want to touch on the jets because again, the jets to me did what they should have done at the beginning of this draft. They should have. Okay. You draft Zach Wilson and then you surround Zach Wilson. Yeah. So you get Zach Wilson at two. You trade up. You and I both liked the move when they traded up to get Elijah Vera Tucker. Mm-hmm. Um, you, then you get Elijah Moore in the second round. Uh, he's a weapon. Yeah. Right? That slot guy, you line him up on the other side of Jamison Crowder, mm-hmm. and you have legitimately two inside weapons that you can work with. Yeah. Then they go they go grab Michael Carter and at UNC. Michael Carter, who you love. I love I love back in North Carolina. I loved both of those UNC running backs. And listen to me. If you think that they're going to compete with Michael P. Ryan and the ghost of Tevin Coleman, as our good buddy Matt Okada said in his draft in his, <laughs> right. in, his fa- in his fantasy reaction video after that draft. Michael Carter is going to is going to be that lead back, right? Yes. He's going to take a lot of pressure off of Zach Wilson, which I think is going to be incredible in that first round in in his first year. It's going to be crucial. And the thing with the Jets that's so interesting to watch is compare the situations. Right. So Darnold is gone. Darnold is out. Right. Wilson is going immediately going into a much better situation in terms of weapons, coaching, organizational unity. He's going into such a better uh, situation than Darnold did when he was drafted. Right. So Wilson is already set up much more for success than than Darnold was. And if Wilson fails, we'll see at the end of this. We'll see at the end of that whether it's because the Jets failed him like they did with the like they did with Darnold or Wilson just wasn't the guy. So we'll see. But all in all, he's going into a vastly improved situation as opposed to Darnold. Also, I want to point out also I think the maybe the best pick of the whole draft for the Jets was at the beginning of the sixth round 
when they took Hamsa Nazarildine, the the safety out of Florida State, who I had as like a top 50 player. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's insane. The fact that they got that good of a safety um, in the sixth round. So, but there were a bunch of teams that I thought did very well. Cleveland, you're a hundred percent right. Greg Newsom, JOK. They end up getting Anthony Schwartz in the in the third round. Uh, yeah, in the third round, who ran a four two five forty. They got really good players. Tommy Togiai is a good player. Tony, I gotta, Fitz, I gotta tell you, I gotta at the end of the uh, at the end of the fifth round. I gotta tell you, man. A- Andrew Berry is looking like a top five GM. Oh, in the league. How really, great of a job has he done since he took over? He's been incredible. He is just he's been incredible. So good at he's his job, just very, so good. Just home run move after home run move. So two more teams I want to talk about as as far as big winners of the day, and, and it feels like we're mentioning a lot, but these honestly, these teams are really doing well. And then mm-hmm. we'll kind of go down, and then we'll work our way down to the losers. Um, I think. The L.A. Chargers had a great draft. Yeah, the agreed. The Chargers did very well. Having Sean Slater fall to 13, and then the guy that they wanted very badly in the second round, Asante Samuel Jr., falls right into their lap. Yep. So they get those two guys. Drafting a very versatile defensive lineman in Chris Rumpf, I was, I was really a big fan of. Getting Josh Palmer, that wide receiver, uh, adding him to that group. Mm -hmm. I thought they did very well. And then another team, again, if they weren't going to take a quarterback, this draft was virtually perfect, and that's the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos had an amazing, an amazing few days. Patrick Sertan in the first. They add him to a great corner group. Mm -hmm. Javante Williams, who was uh, that other North Carolina corner, He's going to get a lot of snaps. That kid's going to be a running back in the NFL. He is Love that. crazy in open space. Makes that makes makes a crazy good offense just that much crazier. I mean, look, just listen to these top, their first five picks. Okay, this ranges from uh, the first round all the way to the beginning of the fifth. These are their first five picks, Matt. Patrick Sertan, Javante Williams. They got Quinn Miners. The Which was offensive lineman great. out of Wisconsin Whitewater, who again exposed the belly, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's, just a, that, that's a that's just a hog molly but right there. A monster guy. Just a he's gonna play dude. in the NFL. He's gonna play guard in the NFL. And he's gonna be really good. Yeah. Uh, they get Quinn Miners in the third. They end up getting. Um, they get Baron Browning at the, with the last pick in the third. I thought there were some people that hey, I'm going in, in round one. Mm-hmm. Like the linebacker out of Ohio State, they desperately need inside linebacker help. Yeah. And then they get Caden Stearns, the safety out of Texas, who a lot of people at the beginning of the season had him going in round one. So Denver, I was just like, listen, if you were, and it's a risk, right? If you're not going to take Justin Fields, if you're not going to take the quarterback, this is the draft that you got to have. I mean, they, they've got a lot of guys that I think are going to hit. Seth Williams, a really good wide receiver. Carrie Vincent, the defensive back at LSU. Like, they took a bunch of guys that you know can play football. Yeah. So I thought Denver did really well. Uh, okay. They, they have to be in play for Rodgers, no? If they're – I mean, listen. I said – They the have to. Broncos <laughs> – every quarterback that has become available, I've said the Broncos need to be in on it. Okay, yep. 
I said the Broncos needed to be in on Matt Stafford. I mm-hmm. said the Broncos needed to be in on Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. I needed. I said the Broncos needed to be in on Russell Wilson. I now I say the Broncos need to be in on Aaron Rodgers. They and now have to be. Yeah, and now that the Bears are taken out of that equation because they got their they got Fields, they right. got their they got guy. Fields. That's so. one. That's one less location for these quarterbacks that could potentially leave where they are. That's one less location for them to consider. One less quarterback. One less previously quarterback needy team to be yes. considered. So, I mean, out of, I think Rogers put down Vegas, Denver, out of those teams, I personally, if I was right, I would go to Denver in a heartbeat, but it's it's who those weapons, Matt. I mean, with those, with those weapons in, in, in in Denver with those weapons. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, those, that's, those are the guys that he like, that's the group that he's been asking green Bay to get him. Corey Sutton, Jerry, Judy, KJ Hamler, Deshaun Hamilton, uh, mm-hmm. I, Tim Patrick, I'm missing from that group. Noah Fant, the tight end. You just yeah. you got Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams in the backfield. Mm-hmm. You got a, a really solid O line, pretty much across the board. And you know, maybe right a, a, use an, an improved defense, like a much improved a, defense. And if you're going, and if he's put down two AFC West teams, he's content with competing against Herbert and Mahomes, and and if he, you know, obviously Derek Carr is there, right? Technically, Derek Carr. So if you're putting, if you're already solidifying that you're, I don't mind competing against those guys twice a year each. Go to Denver. If if your main complaint over the last couple of years is that you don't have any weapons, they got plenty, and they're not, they're not like okay, decent weapon. No, they are an elite group that That's is a quarterback great. away from being a contender. They are. Please go Aaron to Denver. Rodgers. Uh, I'll I'll say this: if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, let's say let's say. No players are involved in the deal for for Aaron Rodgers, right? The De- the Broncos don't have to give up any player. They don't gonna give up Von Miller or anything mm-hmm. like that, right? They don't have to give up any players. It's just draft picks. Maybe they give up three or four first round draft picks or something like that, and maybe yeah. some ancillary stuff, whatever, to get Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. The Denver Broncos are the favorite to win the Super Bowl in the AFC. I think it. I le- think at least, least in the AFC. AFC. In the AFC, it is not even close. And I would yeah. say again. Not only do I think that they'd win the division by a mile, I think they would be the best team in the AFC by a mile. And to be honest with you, I couldn't, I couldn't, they would be the best team. In my mind, they'd be the best team in the NFL. Like on paper, top to bottom, Aaron, top to bottom, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. If they were to make that move, they would be the best team in the NFL. Yeah. They would be so freakishly good. I like, not only do okay, I'll even take it a step further. Okay, and I'm not trying to get too emotional here, but and you know our buddy Dylan Ramsey is going to freak out about this. Mm-hmm. I genuinely think that if Aaron Rodgers were to go to Denver and that roster is intact, not only would they be the best team in the NFL, but they would go undefeated. Um, because I, again, think about it. Have we ever? So Aaron Rodgers coming off his best season ever, right? Have we ever seen Aaron Rodgers in an offense that loaded with a defense no. that potentially could be that good? I mean, look at that defense, right? Think about the guys that you have going after the quarterback. Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Shelby Harris. I mean, you add you got Alexander Johnson and Baron Browning playing linebacker. You got the group of corners that I mean Green Bay never had a group of corners that was this good. You got Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, Patrick Sertan, Ronald Darby, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Simmons. 
Philadelphia. You got Isaiah Simmons and Kareem Jackson playing safety. I mean, this roster has no – they're Tampa. Like, they're Tampa with a better quarterback. Imagine that for a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Broncos versus Tom Brady's Bucks. That would be in, in and oh again, my goodness. How good would that be for football too, though, Matt? I mean, in the AFC, oh, yeah. if if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, right, which I think you and I both agree is an incredible landing spot. Yep. If Aaron Rodgers were to theoretically go to go to Denver, you get Rodgers versus Mahomes twice a year. Yep. Throw Herbert, I mean, that's throw just Herbert awesome. in there twice a year, too. Ay, ay, ay. But that's awesome stuff. Anyway, um, <sighs> the I, I want to touch up before we get into the losers, really, of the draft, right? Um, there was one quarterback taken that I think could have told us the story of what's going on. So the Houston Texans, their first pick of the draft was the third pick in the third round. And they took Davis Mills, the quarterback out of Stanford, mm-hmm. who there were a lot of people that liked him. And then there were some people just like, yeah, hey, he's a backup. But there are yeah. some people in the NFL that think Davis Mills could be a starter. Are the Texans, by drafting Davis Mills, telling you, there? are they pretty much telling the story of what's going on with Deshaun Watson? I don't know definitively if that's what they're doing, but it's it's a, it's a, it's definitely an insurance policy in case things don't work least. out. Because this could turn out to be a very slow, lengthy process, legally speaking. Like, we don't even know. We, there's still not even the full picture out there. I mean, we don't know the standing right now with, with, with Watson, just like from a legal standpoint. Forget football. Football's on the back burner right now for Deshaun Watson. It's all about what's going to happen in the eyes of, like, the law and all these allegations because there, there, there's been more – you know, since, you know, the initial headlines have come out and maybe so, it's not the end of it. <laughs> exactly. And there, and there, exactly. And there could be more. So, uh, Houston actually weirdly may have done something smart by taking a quarterback, right? Because think about who, who is, who's on their depth chart right now beside behind Watson. It was you, exactly like, do you even know? Tom Savage? I don't know. I really don't know. So, so, Let's say let's say they didn't draft a quarterback, right? Let's say they didn't draft a quarterback and Deshaun Watson for whatever reason is not on the roster come opening day of 2021, whether he's uh on the, you know, whether he's on the commissioner's exempt list, whether he's whatever whatever the case may be. If they did not take a quarterback, I really want to see who their who the backup is. So Ryan Finley and Tyrod Taylor would be. Oh, okay. Of, so they have Tyrod Taylor. Okay. One of the, one of those quarterbacks would be taking the first snap for the Houston Texans next year. Not not great. So I mean, listen, Davis. I mean, Mills, we have like, no idea if Davis Mills is going to be any better than any, than either one of those guys. I, Tyrod Taylor's had a pretty decent career in the NFL. Yeah, and they do need a, some sort of contingency plan if if you know Watson is is permanently out. So yeah. I mean, Okay, take a quarterback. See, uh, like, does anyone? Ex- you don't have any good draft picks anyway, so you might as well. Yeah. Just does anyone like? Are there? Is there anything? Is there anything to be excited about as a Houston Texan? No. So do something no. safe. Potentially take a quarterback to at least bridge until you guys are back on your feet from this whole fiasco that you guys have have gotten into. So yeah, I mean, I remember how you know how like the the Browns used to wear a bag on their head. The Browns fans used to wear a bag on their head, and then the and the Saints used to wear a bag on their head before they got Drew Brees. Yep. You know, it, 
the Houston Texans might be turning into the franchise as their fans show up to the stadium with a bag in their mm-hmm. head. It's just there's nothing to look at. There's no J.J. Watt anymore. Javion mm-hmm. Clowney was a bust, truthfully. Javion yeah. Clowney was a bust. Hopkins, Hopkins is gone. Watson's Hopkins most likely gone. gone. Watson's gone. I mean – and think about it, man. Think what about how long. Excited about? There's nothing. There's nobody there. And think about how long it took for the Saint. Like how long Saints fans suffered until they got Breeze. Breeze was drafted in what? 2004, 2003. I think. Uh, I, I think 2001. So that 2001, right? Up until then, their franchise was completely irrelevant. Okay. The oh, Browns. Hey, well, Breeze spent the first few years in his career in San Diego. Right, and the Browns. Didn't even make the, the the Browns made the playoffs in 2002, and then didn't even win a playoff game again until last year. So it was a right. it was a two decade almost two decade gap of just misery and a carousel of of quarterbacks. Right? So is that, like, is that what we're they, telling twenty year old Texans fans right now is that your team's not going to be good till you're yeah, sorry sorry dude. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry go go watch the Astros go watch the Rockets uh, well you're, actually you're not, don't watch the Rockets because they got rid of James Harden yeah Houston <laughs> Houston sports fans right now they are they used are to be the best sports town they they, they had towns dude two in the years country ago. and now they're a mess think about how many superstars they had just like two years ago. I mean, Harden, Watson, Hopkins, Westbrook. Yeah, Altuve. they had Altuve, Bregman, Correa, Springer, Garrett Cole, Bowling. Like, all these guys, everybody was just – they're all gone. They're, they're all gone. All, they're basically all gone. Verlander is Verlander got Tommy John. He's he's out. Springer's gone. Springer's gone. gone. Westbrook and Westbrook and Harden are gone. Hopkins is gone. Westbrook is gone. Watson's basically gone. Watson's basically out. I mean, there's just uh what up that poor city, man. I that know. poor city. Okay. Um let's talk about all right, let's talk about some losers. Mm-hmm. Um who in your mind uh who are some of the teams that did very poorly? I have a few, but I want to hear what you what you have. Uh, I listed a few before, but one of them I didn't say, and th- this this remains to be seen because you and I actually talked about this last week. It- it's the classic Mike Mayock draft. I I don't understand yeah. any <laughs> of the Raiders draft picks. It's been like that for like a couple years. Leatherwood, I I, I, I like, one good pick. Trevin Merrick in the second round was a good pick. Yeah, I agree. I thought he was going to be the first safety off the board. He was on, he's like the fourth or third. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know if I like the Raiders picks. Uh, Leatherwood was a reach. I think it's considered by many, but he could still be a nice player. He could still be a nice player. Um, a couple other, uh, a couple other teams. I didn't like Malcolm Koontz in the third round, that, that edge rusher out of Buffalo in my mock draft. I had him going in the seventh round. Yeah. Like uh, that was a reach to me. Devon Diablo was probably a bit of a reach, maybe around yeah. too early or something like that. But uh, I'm you're, be, you're right. I, I'm. I don't know, man. I, I'm. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't love Jacksonville's draft beyond. Uh, Lawrence. Oh, really? I, I okay. didn't understand. I didn't love the ETN pick. I understand what you're like. What you want to do? That's fine. We did. We discussed that last week. But uh, I would have gone in. I would have gone in a bunch of different directions. Uh, Apparently, but, they wanted Kadarius Tony. Urban Meyer said the Urban, Urban Meyer he was the guy that they were looking for. Urban Meyer said that it broke his heart when the Giants called his name. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry, bud. Uh. I'm trying to think who else. Yeah, the Rams. Uh, Tutu Atwell was not a guy I was super high on. Um, and they used their first pick in the third round, I think it was, to to take him. They, the, uh, it, their first pick was late second. 
Um, yeah, they ended up with Tutu Atwell. They got Ernest Jones and mm-hmm. Robert Rochelle. I thought was a pretty good pick in the fourth. But you're right; they they really didn't they didn't wow me at all. And again, they didn't have a first round pick, so maybe it's tough. Yeah, they really didn't wow wow me at all. I thought Seattle was terrible. Seattle was bad. Seattle was terrible, and and that isn't to say that I don't like some of the guys that they drafted. The problem is they had three draft picks, Matt. Mm-hmm. They had three draft picks. And listen, I like Dwayne Eskridge, who they took in the second round. There were a lot of people that said, listen, he's going to come out of here like one of the best receivers in the whole draft. Um, and that's fine. I actually liked when they took Stone Forsyth in the sixth, that developmental offensive lineman. I like that. Mm. But your Seattle's roster is putrid. It's bad. <laughs> you need more than three draft picks. Get five. Get six. Get like trade back in the second round or something like that. Pick up a couple of thirds or something like that, and at least help yourself out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't do anything; they just sat where they were and took their three players and called it a day. Especially yeah, I, I, Paul Adams didn't even play well for them last year at all. Yeah, they're a lot of time hurt. They're they were bad last year, and they're they didn't improve at all. Something interesting though, Mike. That we didn't that we didn't talk about yet. Green Bay took a receiver. They took Amari Rogers. Green Bay took that was hilarious. When right? Green Bay took a receiver and his name is A. Rogers. Yep. <laughs> they took Amari Rogers in the third round. But hey, you know what? Listen, it, it's it, it still isn't great, right? Mm-hmm. But they did take a receiver in the third round after they took Eric Stokes in the first, which I I, I can't comprehend I, I i didn't understand that and then they took josh myers in the late second who i guess i don't hate because you're gonna he's a plug-and-play replacement for lindsley yeah um but i don't know i i agree with you green bay i think did very poorly i think the new orleans saints might have had the worst draft out of any team in the whole league i mean yeah Peyton, Peyton Peyton Turner was a bit of a reach but they made they made one pick that i really liked and that was paulson adebo in the third round Mm-hmm. Right, because I, I think Paul Sadibo is severely underrated as a corner, but I thought Ian Book in the fourth was a way reach. Yeah, I mean the quarterback from Notre Dame. I didn't even have him drafted. Surprised he got drafted. Yeah, so I was surprised cool. that Ian Book even got drafted. Um, Landon Young, Kwan Baker. They took Pete Werner in the second round. He's a you know pretty physical run around linebacker. But I, I, the Saints, I'm I'm not sure the Saints got. A single guy, again, maybe with the exception of a Debo, that will even start for them next year. Like yeah. I, I don't like the goal in the draft is supposed to be getting impact players, guys that are going to make your team better. I'm not sure the Saints took a single guy that'll do that. I'm, I'm not sure because like, even if Paulson Debo plays, he's going to be your third corner or something like that. I, I, they did not do well to me at all. Uh, who else am I looking at here that I don't think? Um, necessarily did well. I agree with you. The Rams and the Seahawks did not, uh, did not have great drafts. And 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 again, I think it's going to be like hard pickings to find teams that truly did like really poorly. Yeah, there were there I, were I, there really weren't that many teams that did poorly. I, I wasn't in love with what the Pittsburgh Steelers did. I mean, Najee Harris in the first round is fine, whatever to me. They di- they didn't address the offensive line, which I didn't like until late. Right, it, Kendrick yeah. Green in the third, Dan Moore they took in the fourth. 
Um, they took a punter in the second and the seventh round, Presley Harvin. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Quincy well, Roche in the sixth, which was I thought pretty good. But I, in- I, te- I texted you this. Doesn't Pat Fryermuth just feel like a Steeler? He does feel like a Steeler. It drives me crazy. So him and Ebron, that, that could crazy. be that could be an interesting like run some two tight end sets. That could be interesting. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, like I am a huge, and you know this about me. I'm a huge Chris Ballard guy. Like uh, Indianapolis, I think is doing a lot of things right. Outside of when they took Quiddy Pay in the first round, I really didn't like what they did. Mm. Like and they, uh, they have Dio Odiyingbo um, is like he's going to be a pretty solid player, but he's pretty much redshirting this year because he's nursing an injury. He might not play at all this year. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, Kylan Granson in the fourth and. Michael Strachan in the uh, in the seventh. They took Sam Ellinger, the Texas quarterback, in the fifth. Yeah, and they they uh, they have drafted historically very well, very especially, well, especially in recent years. I mean, they've hit on almost everyone that they drafted. Think about it: Quentin Nelson, Pittman, Julian Blackman. I mean, I thought Malik Hooker was really good, but he struggled with injuries. But yes, Darius Leonard. I mean, he they have they have hit on everybody really. Yeah. So uh, two teams that I'm very curious to hear your opinion about. Actually, I'll make it three uh, that I'm very curious to hear your opinion about. Uh, The first I want to talk about is Cincinnati because they took Jamar Chase in in the first, and that was already controversial because Joe Burrow got hurt and Mm -hmm. Penny Sewell was right there and they opted out not to get him. They took wide receiver Jamar Chase who caught 20 touchdowns with Joe Burrow at LSU, mind you. Yeah. Um, but then in the second, they took Jackson Carmen, the 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 Clemson offensive lineman, who I a lot of people had pretty high on their boards. He's a pretty good old lineman. Um, and then the other lineman that they ended up taking was Deontay Smith at the end of the fourth. So do you think that I, I think Cincinnati did pretty well? I think they were they did pretty middle of the pack. Uh, you know, because Joseph Osai is, I think, a good player. Tyler Shelvin. The big defensive tackle from LSU, I think he's going to be a monster run stopper in the NFL. Um, they took a kicker in the fifth. Do you think Cincinnati did enough to justify taking Jamar Chase in the first to maybe help beef up the offensive line? Do you think they did enough there? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm actually warming up a bit to uh, the fact that they took Jamar Chase. I, I talked. <laughs> You and I, you and I had talked at length, and I said that they would regret it heavy if they passed on uh, on Pene Sewell, right? Yeah. Um, but I think something that that we should consider when you know, kind of analyzing their decision making, is look at how important it is, especially recently, for organizations to keep their quarterback happy, right? Yeah. We just talked about it, right? The Green Bay and Rodgers, Houston and Deshaun Watson, Seattle and Wilson, right? Just th- think about how important it's. It's probably more important now than ever to keep your quarterback happy in the uniform that they're in right now. So if Burrow says, "No, I want my college teammate Jamar Chase," where we had twenty touchdowns, where we ran the most dominant offense perhaps in the history of college football, I want him on my team. Yeah, they go, yeah, okay. Listen, you're our guy. We're gonna we're gonna give right. you what you want. And right? the Bengals should probably like. You got to think, and I've said this from the beginning. Like the Bengals front office needed to be thinking, like, okay. We could be safe. We could be responsible, and but they chose to go out, go with the hot chick, right? And they, like, made, and they they chose to make Joe happy, which I I can't exactly fault 
I'm going to be honest. I, I can't really, I can't condemn them for listening to their franchise quarterback, their number one overall pick quarterback, right? Right. And I, I can't fault them for giving him what he wants. And it's not, listen, he's not a running back that you're taking fifth overall. He's the, wide, he's the best wide receiver in the class. He just happened to be the college teammate of your franchise quarterback. He's the best college wide receiver that we've seen maybe in the last half decade. So like exactly. he's just so good. So I, I don't, I think I'm going to ease back on the criticism of Cincinnati that I, I had a little while, at, at least before the draft um, for them passing on Sewell and taking chase. Yeah. So I, I don't dislike the move as much as, you know, I, I thought I would. And, you know, you brought this up also, like Jonah Williams is a fine tackle, right? He's a yeah. fine tackle. He's going to be coming back. They still have Riley Reef for another year. So, you know, it's not, it's not. And you got Jackson Carmen playing guard. Your offense exactly. got better this year. So it's not like you completely and totally failed to address it, right? It's not like you had no plan. So, yeah, I, I mean, if you want to, to go the safe route and draft Sewell, I would have been, I would have been very happy about that too, but they, they, you know, you're right. They went with the hot chick and they took Jamar chase, but I don't think they should be faulted for it. So to answer, to answer your fundamental question, do I think they did enough? Yeah, I think they did because you're right. Would they take Jackson Carmen? If they at least did something to supplement it later in the draft, that could at least make up for it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about new England. Uh, So Mac Jones in the first that played out perfectly for them. Yeah. Uh, They didn't have to give up anything to get their quarterback. And Mac Jones, I think was maybe the guy that they were, they had their eye on all mm-hmm. along. It just makes too much sense. Yeah. Um, and then I really liked what they did in the second and third round. They got Christian Barmore early in the second. We That's had the, him. We had him mocked to new England in the first to new England in the first. Yeah. So Christian Barmore uh, goes early in the second to the Patriots. And then they take Ronnie Perkins, the edge rusher out of Oklahoma, at mm. the end of the third. I was really surprised that he fell that far. Yeah. Uh, and then, I, again, they took a bunch, a couple of guys that I like. Cameron McGrone, a linebacker. It, Cameron McGrone to New England makes a lot of sense. He's a very New Englandish type linebacker. Mm. Uh, Joshua Bledsoe, the safety. Ramondre Stevenson, the uh, the running back in the in the fourth round. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is pretty much a spitting image of LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah. So, what do you think? Did New England do a good job after Mac Jones? Yeah, you know, New England is kind of the opposite of what we were talking about with Indianapolis. They historically have not drafted very well, yeah. uh, especially uh, skill position players. I mean, they they just failed to address that almost completely. But, you know, what people got to remember is they made, you know, they went on a complete shopping spree in free agency. You know, they they signed everybody. I mean, they, they Jalen Mills, Matt Judon, you know, they got uh, Kyle Van Noy back. I mean, there's... There's guys from opt-outs that are coming back. You know, Dante Hightower. They still have Gilmore. They, they still have J.C. Jackson, who they put on a tender. Right. So the, this draft, I'm not going I'm, I'm to go out and say this draft was like, you know, not as important as their free agent signings because they did. They still did lose uh, Joe Tooney, so their offensive line is going to be weaker. Um, but they made some nice signings. I, I, I liked what they've done. And after Mac Jones and, you know, Belichick said the same thing, you know, Cam is our quarterback, you know, and when it's, the, when it's time – he even threw in uh, when it's time, you know, either Mac or Jarrett, yeah, like that's going to be a competition, right? Like Mac or Jarrett Stidham is going to take over. Right. So, right. So, so he said he, you know, he he said it diplomatically, like he always does, like GMs are supposed to do. But no, yeah, Mac Jones will eventually be the quarterback of the New England Patriots, and it's the first quarterback that they've drafted in round one since Drew Bledsoe in 1993, which is really see, really interesting to watch. See, Mac, this was the spot for Mac Jones to succeed, you know. And I, I yeah. told this to Bryson Carver, our our network friend 
um, after on, on Friday before round two. I said, look, Mac Jones to the Patriots works because he can run the system that Bill Belichick ran with Brady pretty much perfectly, yeah. right? He has the ability to do that. He's deadly accurate in the short to intermediate passing game. He can throw a deep ball if you want him to. Um, he isn't a superior athlete, but in New England, that isn't going to matter because the ball gets out so quickly, right? He, there's not going to be a lot of playing off script. There mm -hmm. isn't going to be, you know, when the play breaks down, you want Mac Jones to be able to make the play, but that's going to happen so little just because in that New England offense, that traditional New England offense, that ball gets out before anybody can even get to him. I mean, Tom Brady was never sacked in New England, and it's not really because his O-line was so good. It was because the ball would get out by the snap of your fingers. Yeah. It, it was so quick, and Mac Jones can do that, I think, to a T. So yeah. how good do you think Mac Jones felt? getting that call right because going from, from, going from Nick Saban to Bill Belichick and everybody compares me to Tom Brady and it's just like okay I'm gonna be a Hall of Famer here we yeah. go like, uh, yeah I mean he's he's in the perfect situation to kind of live up to those comparisons so the perfect situation we'll, we'll see we'll see um all right last team I want to talk about um I guess in this sort of segment um that's the Dallas Cowboys because they again we can't go this entire show without not with without talking about them. So 8 out of their 11 picks Matt were on the defensive side of the football. They went yep. hard on defense. Um 8 out of their 11 uh draft picks in total went on the defensive side that included their first 6 draft picks went all on the defensive side of the football. So in those 6 picks, actually I'll go through the eight defensive players that they uh, that they took, uh, Micah Parsons, the linebacker to Penn State, who, again, if, if we're talking outside of position, pound for pound, was probably the best defensive player in the whole draft. Uh, they took Micah Parsons. They took Kelvin Joseph, the corner out of Kentucky. Uh, Osa Odegazua, the, the, the DT out of UCLA. Chauncey Golston, the edge rusher out of Iowa. And they took Nashon Wright, the the corner out of Oregon State. Uh, that was a big project pick. He's like six four, and that was a that pick was a okay. Here you go, Dan Quinn. Like here's your Richard Sherman project. Yeah. Like that was that kind of pick for me. Jabril Cox in the fourth round. I loved steal. That yeah. was a great pick for Dallas. Um, they ended up getting Jabril Cox, and then they got Quentin Bohanna and Israel Mukuamu um, in the sixth. Uh, and Mukuamo, I think, is going to be a really good safety in the in the NFL. He played corner at South Carolina. I think he'd be a bona fide ball hawk safety. Um, so they went hard on defense. And the idea for me, and this is again, this is what I think it boils down to. If you really just kind of narrow it down to and and uh, simplify it, the goal of the draft, and we said this earlier before when we were talking about the Saints. It's to get players that will contribute to make your football team better. Okay. Eight defensive players for Dallas. If they hit on half of these kids, it's going to be a win, right? If they hit on three of these kids, if Parsons, Kelvin Joseph, and Jabril Cox are the only guys that pan out for this, that's still a productive draft. So do I love what they did? Do I rank it among the top? 
No, I don't. But do I think they accomplished the end goal of let's we have a Super Bowl caliber offense. We have to fix the atrocious defense. Do I think that they took steps towards making this defense better? Absolutely. What do you think? Yeah, and, and I mean, I don't think anyone mocked uh, linebacker as a need for for Dallas, but no. you know, you you said it, you know, clearly. I mean, this they was also a, didn't pick up the fifth year option on Leighton Vander Esch today, so right? So he, he could be, be gone yeah, next so year. He too. might be gone, so you could be looking at Jabril Cox, Jalen Smith, and Micah Parsons as your linebacking trio for the next suck. couple of years, and that's not too shabby, exactly. Um, but listen, Dallas had the 28th overall ranked defense last year. They were horrible. They couldn't stop a nosebleed. And I, I originally thought that they were going to address corner in the draft, which is why we were shocked so hard when Patrick Sertan went before the Cowboys' uh, selection was up. So And J.C. Horn, both of them. And, and J.C. Horn, exactly. So when Parsons became available, Jerry Jones and, and you know that organization had to think, well, listen, he's the best defensive player left on the board. You know, let's go get him. You know, I don't care if it's not a position of need, particularly. We need better defensive players. We need players that are, gonna, that are overall going to contribute to making this defensive unit better because right. your your offense is stout, right? You, you yeah. They added Lamb last year in the first round when they didn't need to, right? So that already puts your offense over the top, right? They signed, they locked up Dak long-term. He's going to be fine. You got offensive line guys coming back healthy next year, right? They'll be a little bit older, but they're still coming back healthy. Guys that can still play, right? So... You have that receiving core. You have the quarterback. You have a great tandem of running backs with with Zeke and Pollard. Okay, so you draft Parsons. You draft all these other guys like Cox and Joseph. Yeah, it, it didn't surprise me at all that they got you know they, that they went heavy defense in the draft because they didn't need to go heavy offense. So if they're taking heavy defense in the draft, I think that's the correct philosophy to follow. So you're right. Only a few of these guys needs to need to pan out correct in the NFL because if they don't, you know. The odds are still in the, the the Cowboys' favor in terms of making that unit better. So, right. w- with this huge sample size of 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 you know draftees that they took, only a few of them need to work out. And if they do, then they would have had a successful draft. So, I I I like this the philosophy that they followed. So, here's the thing too about Kelvin Joseph because I I I, I looked at this and I was like ah Kelvin Joseph. Asante Samuel Jr. was on the board. I was really Mm -hmm. like, okay, Kelvin Joseph, all right, whatever. And then I really got down to breaking it down. So Kentucky played Alabama this year, and Alabama crushed them, right? 63-3. to Um, It's really not even Just stupid. Just not good. Um, Alabama had five rushing touchdowns that game. Mac Jones had two touchdowns and a pick. Um. Devonte Smith had nine catches, 144 yards, and two touchdowns that game. Um, however, the times when Kelvin Joseph was lined up against Devonte Smith, there were three targets, no catches, and the one pick was from Kelvin Joseph. Okay. So when Kelvin Joseph was on Devonte Smith, he shut down Devonte Smith, which nobody in college football can do. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty impressive. So again, if the philosophy is and and look, and listen, as far as value is concerned, because I'm a value nut and, you know, like I, I I wonder why people like our Darius Washington didn't get drafted and guys like Dylan Moses and Marvin Wilson. Like you can't even take a seventh round flyer on, on one of these guys. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
I'm obsessed with value and trying to achieve that in the draft. But if you just put all that stuff aside, right, you put uh, like, like just draft like logistics to the side. Dallas, I think, like I said, I think they accomplished what they were trying to do. They right. took a crap ton of defensive players and a few of them are going to pan out and that's fine. Like, could you imagine, listen, what if, because Nashawn Wright, I was hearing some people on Twitter say just like Nashawn Wright is like the first player that's ever been drafted since I've been doing this that I've never even heard of. Like, he's just one of those guys that just came out of absolute nowhere. Yeah. And while guys like Elijah Molden and Fatu Melifon, we were still on the board and we were just like, well, what the hell is Dallas doing? Right. But imagine if they're seeing something in that kid that nobody else does, mm-hmm. right? He's a, I mean, the guy's a physical anomaly. Like he's, the guy's a six foot four corner who's fast as hell. Like it's just maybe. He's ex- maybe the, that was the prototype. Maybe Dan Quinn's just like, just watch me turn that kid into a sick, sick player. I'll tell you, it'd be great. It'd be great for you. It would be. It would be. So uh, I thought that was really interesting. Okay, so let's just say this: overall winner of the draft for you, the overall winner. You had to pick one team. Who won? Who accomplished what they needed to accomplish better than anybody in in the NFL? Who got the most value? Who made the best out of their draft situation? I gotta go. I gotta go with Cleveland. To be honest, I, I gotta go with Cleveland. I mean, if you look at what they did in free agency, right? With they took John, they signed John Johnson, who was the steal of free agency. Yes. Right? So they take John Johnson. Okay. They get Jadavion Clowney on a one year deal. Okay. They draft Greg Newsom. Okay. And they, they have JOK fall into their lap. Next year, they have Odell coming back. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. Baker looked really solid last year. Their only hole, I thought, was their interior defensive line and their linebacking core. So, Usu Koromoa helps that unit a lot. Clowney will. Uh, attract a lot of attention, opening up a lot more opportunities for Miles Garrett on the other side. Yes. Okay. Uh, having Odell come back is just another weapon, another guy that you got to pay attention to because at the end of the day, like after injuries and all that, he's still Odell Beckham Jr., still one of the most talented wide receivers in football. And Kevin Stefanski was coach of the year last year. So I don't know, man. I it's hard. It's hard to find a team that kind of shot into the upper echelon of well-rounded rosters after one draft that I think Cleveland did here. I, again, I, I think, I, I don't know if there was another team that I liked their draft more than Denver's. Like, I, Denver I, did have, a, Denver had a great draft. They're taking aside, aside from the aside from the whole not taking a quarterback, not thing. taking a quarterback. I mean, I guess that's just the thing I can't get over, Matt. I mean, they had how many how many picks did the did the Broncos have? Ten. They had one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, ten. The Broncos had ten picks. They didn't take a single player. I don't like. They didn't take a single player. Pat Sertan, Javante Williams, Quinn Miners, Baron Brown, and Caden Stearns already went over that. That I think they knocked it out of the park with all those picks. Okay. Jamar Johnson in the fifth round. Good player. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Seth Williams, Kerry Vincent, good player. Jonathan Cooper, Marquis Spencer, good players. Like these are good. Like I don't think they they I, they didn't miss once. Yeah, just one time. Okay, even with Cleveland, I can poke a hole. Okay, I don't know. I didn't love James Hudson in the fir- in the beginning of the fourth round, but I don't know. Like it's right. just they. I think Denver was if they if they weren't going to take a quarterback, I think they pretty much did everything perfect. Like I can't poke a single hole in what the Denver Broncos did. I just can't do it. Um, I also think Baltimore had a really good draft. Also, Bateman, Jason Owe, they got Ben Cleveland in the third. Uh, they took Tylen Wallace in the fourth, who yeah, you and I both really like. That's gonna mm-hmm. be. Uh, they added Rashad Bateman and Tylen oh, Wallace, Wallace that receiving core. Um, Sean Wade in the fifth, I thought was really good because there's some immaturity going on with him. But <laughs> bless you. But he's going to be a darn good slot corner in the NFL. Yeah, Sean Wade is going to be a darn good slot corner in the NFL. So he had to cover. He had to cover every. You know, at at Ohio State, he had to cover the wide receiver ones of every other team. That's right. He was the guy there. So okay, Uh, last thing. Kyle Trask to the Bucks. Thoughts? I said before this draft started, I would not be shocked at all. If at 32, the Bucks took a quarterback, because what what do they need? They, they don't need don't anything. Need anything. They don't need anything. The only thing, the only thing they have to worry about is how much longer Tom Brady is going to play for, and how much longer, and more more specifically, right. how much longer he can compete at a high level. So, yeah, 32. Why not take a flyer on a on a, on a quarterback? Right? If yeah, they, yeah. You're not going to get trailed. You're not going to get three years, Two or three years worth of Kyle Trask developing under Tom Brady and yep. they think okay that's going to work wonders for this kid comes in whatever um, dude maybe <laughs> com- comes in most of those weapons are probably still there Evans Godwin Gronk might not be but you know maybe AB will still be there Fournette they, might still be there that offensive line will probably still be intact in a couple years they drafted Jalen Darden in the fourth round too yeah. another wide receiver like <laughs> their defense got better with, their defense got better with Tryon at the first round I uh, yeah, I, I, I don't I'm know. not I'm not mad about it. Didn't I mind got, that at all. I got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. But um it's I I really don't. I don't have anything. I mean it just it makes me so angry that Tom Brady just keeps getting things. Um but okay, I, I again I I I'm still going through that little depression because mm-hmm. this is just fun for me. You know, like doing all the analysis and the mock drafts and stuff like that. That stuff's fun for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, oh, gives me oh. stuff to do. I don't have any, I don't have a life. Now I'm going to go back to not having a life for the next 10 months. I remember uh, a team's draft who I hated was Tennessee. Hated Tennessee's draft. You did not? Why? Uh, they lost Davis and Johnny Smith. Didn't really address anything on offense until the sixth round when they got McMath out of, out of LSU. Uh, I liked I liked Raddins. I, I think he's a solid pick. Caleb Farley. They have to supplement for Adoree Jackson and Butler not being there anymore. Monty Rice. I thought was a, an okay pick as well. Um, 
But Des Fitzpatrick, I thought, was decent in the fourth at wide receiver, but they really did not prioritize wide receiver at all. Yeah, no, and yeah, I, I like they they spent a fourth round pick on uh, Rashad Weaver, also the defensive end after they overpaid for uh, Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree. So, I mean, they, dude, there, I, I said it when uh, they they got. I said it when Corey Davis signed with the Jets. Give me one reason to to believe that the Titans won't be terrible next year. I don't think the Titans will be terrible, but I do think they'll regress. They might yeah. go below 500. Uh-huh. Um, because, again, you're right. That roster did take a big hit. I don't think the Titans did terrible because I think they drafted good players, right? Like Monty Rice is a good player. Dylan Ray yeah. is a good player. I just I think people are underestimating how losing Arthur Smith is going to affect that offense. I, I think it will, too. I, I think that's going to be a big hit. Like by a lot. You lost Corey Davis. You lost Johnu Smith. Because I think. You really didn't address it. You didn't, you didn't I, prioritize yeah. it in the draft. I mean, Des Fitzpatrick is a nice player. Racy McMath is, I guess, a project out of LSU that you can work with. But Yeah, but I think Arthur Smith was a big reason for Tannehill's development and why he was playing the way that he was. I agree. I mean, listen, they still have Derrick Henry. They still have A.J. Brown. They still have players. They, Mike Vrabel is still one of the best coaches in the league. So, yeah, no, I, maybe I should go back. They're not going to be terrible, but, they, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think they're going to be much worse. If you had to pick one player that was pick, that was taken not in the first round, that's, that's my only qualifier, okay? One player that is not drafted in the first round, kind of like a diamond in the rough guy, who do you think out of the guy, a guy that isn't in the first round, Who's going to have a really good NFL career? You ready? Go. Terrace Marshall Jr. Wow. Carolina. So, yeah, he's going to be – well, he got added to a really good group. Yeah. With I, mean, I, I love I love everything about Carolina this year. They took the Carolina did very well. Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, Davion Nixon Nixon in the fifth is nasty. If if McCaffrey goes down again, like if he gets injured again this year, and they have Chuba Hubbard, people were people were kind of down on Chuba Hubbard for a while. He's got a little bit of a fumble issue, but that kid is that kid is one of the led the nation in rushing yards a year ago. Yeah, at Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State. The kid is he's that kid's he's gonna be good. He's gonna be good if he gets serious playing time. They drafted Terrace Marshall in the second round, and Mm -hmm. that's not the only receiver that I like that they took. I I love Shee Smith too. Yeah. Shy Smith is is a really solid player. Um, and again, for me, it's Pat Fryermuth because you know, I just I I don't know, I like him. Uh okay. That does it for us. We'll be back on Friday. It's Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. We'll see you.